Tony Avisic. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, uh, which currently is Pacific Time. Uh, but that's going to change in November. Uh, then we'll be on a different time than California. Uh, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on uh, three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can simply listen, sit back, and let the words paint a magic melody inside your brain through your ears. Uh, YouTube on Comedy Schools, where absolutely no one watches us, but damn it, we do it anyway. And here on a Facebook Live. Um, show is built around three things, your questions and comments. As you pop up here, the uh, whole Living on a Thin Line family will soon be joining in as we engage in merriment and mirth for the next 30 minutes. Oftentimes, some sort of uh, 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 knick-knack or bobblehead or autograph or memento or piece of hoopla or fluff I have laying around here in the home office that I share with you and try to weave a story around. Hello, Tina and Mike Lawson. Hello to you. Hello, Jerry Vizic. We're starting to say hi to people as they enter the world of living on a thin line. And uh, we uh, recommend an artist or a piece of music based on a vast vinyl album and CD collection. And I've kind of got a good one for you today. Uh, I was just looking for something here. I want to see if all of a sudden I wanted to switch up. Uh, and I just might. I don't know. I don't know. Let me take a look at something here. So we're going to do some fun things today. I just got to figure out which fun things we're going to do. Um, let me take a look at this one thing here. Uh, anyway, man, uh, it is uh, Thursday. It's Thursday in America. But what it probably is, is probably um, uh, 1905 in America. Uh, watching the world slowly go backwards. Not a lot I could do about it. Seeing a lot of the anger, weird reactions to a lot of things and watching people just make things worse. Uh, the number of people who um, voted in 2016 against their own, not only just their own best interest, but the best interest in general. I'm starting to realize what kind of happened. I'm starting to realize what kind of happened. It took a little while to go a little deeper with what's going on. And I see it sometimes here in my own neighborhood. You know, and it is where people are not voting for people who will do something for someone, but someone who will do, do something to someone. People seem to be voting for people who will do things to people that they somehow don't like. There's a massive grudge match going on. And instead of the expansion of human rights and the progress of human rights and the progress of science and the progress of politics and the progress of philosophy, we seem there's many people who seem to have a strong, deep, primal desire to claw all of that back, to step away from science, to step away from reason, to step away from decency, to step away from expanding rights for everyone. I like it when people go, well, you know, you liberals are going too far with gay rights. Well, not to a gay person who's just a person who, you know, looks at a different butt than you when there are people are walking down the street. You haven't gone too far to them. Not to an African-American person. Who in my lifetime, one time you could still legally, legally uh, uh, discriminate against. It's, it's gone too far. It's gone too far. And now they want stuff. Yeah, they want what you have. Not what you have. They want to come to your house and take your stuff. They want the opportunity. 
that you have. Not too far if you're a Latino person or an Asian person had to sit around for years and be talked about like you're less than, even when you're right in the room. That's going too far, just political correctness. Now I can't make fun of Jews and Asians and black people and women and people who are overweight and stuff like that. I can't make fun of them anymore. It's bullshit. You know? No, they just want to be treated like a person, just like you want to be treated like a person. And it just seems like people are not voting for people who will do things for America, but will do, will do things to other Americans. All right. Um, anyway, hey, man, uh, we're still, um, you know what? You still got to find a little sunshine. Still got to find a little sunshine in every, uh, in every day. And uh, we got a lot of fine sunshine today. Uh, and we got a lot of fun sunshine coming up for you this weekend. Uh, on a personal note, uh, the daughter, my daughter, Alicia Nicole Rangelo Visick, will be coming out to visit us, and uh, that always is a ray of sunshine for me, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'll probably uh, miss a couple meetings and uh, have to make uh, some apologies. People going, yeah, I know I said I'd be there, but pff, my daughter came into town. Because uh, to me, uh, kids are always first, no matter how old they are, whether it's uh, the grandkids, stepdaughters, daughter, you name it, they come first. Um, so I got that going on, and then I got something going on for you. Yes, you. I got something going on for you. If you are in the greater Gilbert area, the greater Phoenix area, Arizona, within 500 miles, because damn it, sometimes it's harder, and we have to go a little further to find some fun. <clears throat> and I've got fun for you. This Thursday, that's tonight, Friday and Saturday, at none other than JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com. We have the incomparable Keith Ellis. Keith Ellis, you know, when people say, well, we should hire some comics, and I go, well, local comics, oh, locals, let's get some from out of town. Like somehow there's some sort of magic outside of your geographic area that doesn't exist inside your geographic area. By the way, they never say that in Manhattan. They go, oh, local. Pfft. Why can't we see if we can get somebody from, you know, like Iowa? Although there's some very funny comics in Iowa. Please, if you're from Iowa, don't write any letters going, hey, we're funny too. Um, I don't know if that's the exact accent of Iowa. It's not. It's even flatter than mine. But we have some of the best comics in America, some of the best comics of the 21st century, right here in the greater Phoenix area. And tonight you get to see one of them, if you so desire, Mr. Keith, as they would say in the Rolling Stones. You know who's playing down there tonight at oh, JP's Comedy Club. It's uh, Keith. You wouldn't even say the last name. It's Keith. Now, if I say it like that and you're just tuning in, you're going to run down there thinking that Keith Richards doing some sort of guitar solo. That is not the case. That is not the case. We're talking about Keith Ellis, one of the best comics in the business today. Fun, funny, great guy. He's at JP's Comedy Club. Thursday, one show. Friday, two shows. Saturday, two shows. Tickets only $15. Get them online at jpscomedyclub.com are at the doer. Safe social distance uh, distance seating. That's hard to say. Safe social distance seating. Uh, mask required, but uh, except with those minor adjustments, we, uh, we still get to have a real good time. Paul Whitney says he loved Fred, Fred Gandy from Iowa. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. You know, Paul seemed like such a wholesome man. I'm talking to my producer, Shirley, right now. You know Paul, I know Paul, but I think that um, I think he probably has. A, I think he's a day drinker. I think he tipples. I think he. You know what? I think he keeps a. Uh, 
I think he keeps a bottle of hooch hidden in the clothes hamper. That's what I think. Nancy Yeaman says, Keith Ellis, smart and funny, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, truer words than ever spoken. So that's fun. That's going on. Uh, what else is going on? Um, in my uh, local election to be on the board of directors of my homeowner association, people go, Tom, why are you doing that? Why are you running to be on the board of directors for a homeowner association? It doesn't pay. All it does is eat up your time. Because uh, I care about my community. And I don't care about, like, I care about my community. I just, no, I actually care about where I live. I care about my home. I care about my family. I care about the neighborhood. And that's how things are built, is one house at a time. That's how you build a, that's how you build a free enough society where the goofball and the oddball and the weirdo and the misfit can still uh, trip the light fantastic by having a strong structure that allows people to careen about like pinballs in a, in a pinball machine. Uh, but uh, like I said, I, I, I don't want to keep hexing it, but I, I think the chances of me winning are, uh, are Carlos Slim. They are Slim Whitman. They are Amarillo Slim because uh, we got a bunch of people running just saying silly stuff, and here's what I'll do, and you're going, well, you can't do that. Well, you, you don't know. I go, no, you, you can't. That won't work. That, legally, you can't do that. Oh, well, you know, I'm tired of all this. Well, okay. So uh, what generally has happened in this community is every once in a while, uh, individuals get on the board who are uh, well-meaning and well-intentioned, don't know what they're doing, muck things up, and then um, women and men of reason must re-enter into the fray. And that's how come, so, you folks, that's how, so, how that is why sometimes it is so hard to ever get anything done because people fear the new, people fear the good. People love the mediocre. People love the reaction. But they fear the good and they fear progress and they fear hard work. So every once in a while, people kind of muck things up and then people of uh, good intention and reason have to come in and straighten things out again. As soon as they get straightened out, people forget. You know, I heard someone one time complain about the freeway. It was freeway. Oh, this damn highway. And I go, you know, it wasn't here when I was a kid. And I go, oh, you old man. I go, yeah, no, I, I know. I'm an old man. But you haven't thought about that, have you? There used to be no freeway to complain about. At least you have a decent mode of transportation. But then people go, I don't want my taxes, my taxes raised. Why am I hitting all these potholes? How come the road's so crumbly? How come they'll build a new road? Don't raise my taxes. How come everything's going to shit? I don't want to pay for it. Silly, silly, silly. So that's why I'm running. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, you know what? I don't have a... Um, I don't have a dilio to uh, uh, dance about in front of uh, your faces with today. I have no uh, boppo heads. I might be able to cure that after the show, though. I might have a really cool boppo head for you. Uh, that's how you would say bobble head if you said it real fast and you had a lazy mouth. A boppo head. Uh, I might have one for you. Um, manana. Yes, my friends, manana. I might have one. Uh, I'm going to have something. I'm going to go out today and find something cool to share with you tomorrow so uh what i want you to do is i want you to set your alarm set your clocks clear your calendar call in sick make sure that you gathered around your laptop your personal computer your phone your 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 device 
Because tomorrow I'm going to have cool shit to show you. I do have cool stuff to talk about. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go whap. I'm just going to go down here and I'm going to grab uh, something here for us to talk about. Now, a lot of the records and a lot of the music, hold on, Paul Whitney says, you're welcome. When he was, uh, he was great on the Love Boat, hilarious. You know, Paul, that was the only reason I ever watched the Love Boat, was just to see Fred Gandy. Damn. Later on became a Republican politician from Iowa, and that's what makes him funny. And that's what makes the Republicans funny. Nothing against my Republican friends. You keep running against Hollywood and then running Hollywood actors, Fred Gandy, George Murphy, Ronald Reagan, on and on. You keep, uh, you keep running celebrities, and then you complain about celebrities. Kind of weird. And I go, that's kind of weird. I go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. They should change the name of the Republican Party to the Yabbit Party. Yabbit, Yabbit. Uh, two things to talk about you today. I just grabbed this. Because uh, uh, what we're doing differently with the music that from what we'd been doing the first few months was we were recommending albums or artists, but then not recommending a specific cut or side, as a musician might call it. This is cutting some sides, man. We hadn't been doing that. But now we are. And what we're doing is we're actually then going to YouTube and then uh, stripping a clip. I don't think that's the right term for it. Hey, go strip me a clip. Sounds vulgar. Uh, and uh, putting it in the comments and then later on I add it into the, uh, the title section of the show. I'm going to do two today from uh, the olden days. First one here. Here's a guy who ran into some civil rights issues. That is Mr. Little Richard himself. Little Richard. Little Richard, the undisputed. True king of rock and roll. There was never anyone like Little Richard. There will never be anyone like Little Richard. He was emulated but never imitated. Elvis was imitated. Little Richard was emulated. You see Little Richard in, in people like Prince. You see him in some of the uh, stuff that you, you see in uh, rap music, in gangster rap, the strutting, preening, the bragging. Uh, but the music... Still last, the music echoed through thousands and thousands and thousands of other musicians and songs. On this one little CD is enough power-packed rock and roll to keep you happy for 100 years. On this CD, we got Long Tall Sally, Lucille, Keep a Knockin', Jenny Jenny, Tutti Fruity, Rip It Up, then The Girl Can't Help It, Good Golly Miss Molly. Then we kind of, uh, and that was like his main things there. Because then after that, we go to Babyface, which is weird that he did a version of Babyface. Cherry Red, uh, Groovy Little Susie, Money Honey, Send Me Some Lovin' and Hound Dog, which was more famous by, um, by Elvis. Elvis the legend, Elvis the king. We don't talk about Elvis a lot on the show. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change all of that. Um, and then, and then, right here, just to read you a real quick um, comment on Little Richard. In spring 2004, Rolling Stone published an article called The Immortals. Consisting of short essays about 50 greatest musical artists of the rock era. Each essay was written by a famous admirer. Sir Elton John praised Stevie Wonder. John Mayer enthused about Jimi Hendrix, except with one exception. Little Richard, ranked eighth on the list, wrote about himself. <laughs> he wrote about himself. No surprise there. Little Richard was always thought of highly by, by Little Richard, but it just so happens that his high opinion is seconded by lots of people, specifically anyone who cares about rock and roll. 
So uh, my brother Jerry Vizzi has put up, uh, I got to sit backstage and draw him at the 1996 Long Beach Blues Festival. Jerry, that is so cool. If you happen to run across, a, uh, if you still have a copy of that, we'd love to see it. Uh, this guy was, um, one time they used to joke around. If we could, like, um, I think it was um, Leon Russell goes, this song is dedicated to the queen of rock and roll. And he knows who he is. And then he played a Little Richard, too. Um, in the end, what really makes Little Richard immortal is the sheer sonic force and those supercharged singles he cut for specialty records between 1955 and 57. Only two years. Only two years. It's just the most ass-kicking sound. Music that shook the foundations of the world and then made it resettle into a better place. And you know what? Every one of these guys who broke through in the 50s and 60s and broke the color barrier were important civil rights pioneers without necessarily wanting to be. They just wanted to play music. But they broke down the color barrier because everybody got up and danced to the same song with each other. So I think the song I'm going to recommend from here, man, I want to go with Keep a Knocking, but I'm going to go with Long Tall Sally. Long Tall Sally by Little Richards. If you want to hear something that just makes you perk up, makes the hair stand in the back of your head, go, wow, that was done, you know, uh, 65 years ago, 63 years ago. It's been often done. It's one of the most recorded songs of pop music, Long Tall Sally. But to hear Little Richard as a young man do it as a, I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking anymore and you will not deny me rock and roll record. Something that when it came out of your little AM radio that was sitting at your kitchen table almost seemed to make it physically dance itself. You can't beat Long Tall Sally. So Little Richard we recommend today. Always love Little Richard. Always go back and listen to Little Richard. Always go, damn, that was good. The next artist, we could do two today. Today we're doing two, okay? The next artist is, once again, we've talked about a lot of these artists on this show, but we, uh, and we've recommended albums, and then we recommended songs, but what we're doing now is just putting a clip up for you just to bam, listen to, uh, and I would always love if you listen to them on uh, Thursday, and you come back Friday to tell me what you think of uh, the song or the band that we recommended. A lot of these being people that we all knew, maybe we forgot about, haven't listened to it in a long time, Go back and listen to them and have that great, fun flood of emotions from hearing great music from years gone by. If you've never heard of them before, then listen to them and go, wow, wow, I wasn't even aware of that. So we're going to talk, about, of course, about the Butterfield Blues Band. Now, the Butterfield Blues Band are a personal favorite of mine. They are in the pantheon of, oddly enough, obscure bands, obscure bands that uh, Jim Perry says, Little Richard, my nickname in the bedroom. Um, you know what? You can't add anything to that because you don't want to. Um, my partner, Jim Perry, just made a penis joke right here on Living on a Thin Line. We're proud of you, Jimmy. Jimmy, we're proud of you. Damn it, Jimmy. Um, I'll just say this, Jim. Sometimes it's the men with the smallest penises that create the most wonderful kids. You got two great sons. So, uh, <laughs> yes, small dick Mick. All right. Um, I was talking about the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. In this band, of course, was Paul Butterfield on harmonic and vocals, Jerome Arnold on bass, uh, Mark Naftalin on organ and piano, and Billy Davenport on drums. But it had two stunning, legendary, mythical guitarists. 
And this album goes all the way back to like 1965. It had on it Mike Bloomfield and Elvin Bishop. Mike Bloomfield and Elvin Bishop. Now, Elvin Bishop went on to um, a pop popularity later on with songs like Strutting My Stuff and Fooled Around and Fell in Love, which uh, that song always, uh, my brother Jerry always got a kick out of it because uh, Mickey Thomas is the lead singer on it, but the uh, background is Fooled Around and Fell in Love. And it's, it's such a high-pitched thing. It's almost comical. Elvin Bishop always had something comical about him. But he went on to single-name popularity and was uh, known well by my generation. Mike Bloomfield, and that's him running right there. Mike Bloomfield did not reach the same uh, single-name popularity, double-name popularity, that Elvin Bishop did, but was consequential. Consequential, playing the guitar with so many, on so many great records and sides, most notably Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde, another work by Dylan, and of course the uh, Super Sessions with Al Cooper. So this was classic Chicago blues played by white guys. Classic Chicago blues played by white guys. Now, you could look upon that now and say that's cultural appropriation. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But at the time, the incredible, powerful blues, rhythm and blues, and later on quickly becoming rock music being created. That's right, we did see Elvin Bishop with Leonard Skinner and the Marshall Tucker Band. That's right. I feel good about myself. I totally forgot I'd seen Elvin Bishop. At the time that bands like the Butterfield Blues Band were operating, white audiences were not going to clubs where these damn good African-American musicians were playing, nor was their music being played on the big radio stations that most people listened to. And guys like Paul Butterfield and Mike Bloomfield, who wanted more to be black, I think, I think if he said you could be a better musician to be black, they would have chose black, thinking that that would make them better musicians automatically, began to play their music, copy their music, and create their own music, and therefore bringing this stunningly great music to a segregated America. And then after a while, people went, wow, we can't deny it. Go, Here's the guy who wrote the song. We go, we want to listen to him. Um, this was released on, um, this is not their first album. This is their second album. It released on Electra, same one they had the doors. Um, and they're just great, great, great blues tunes, man, with that rock beat to it. Walking blues, get out of my life, woman. I got a mind to give up living. All these blues work song. Mary Mary, also done by uh, the Monkees during that time. Two Trains Running, which everybody knows. Never Say No with a vocal by Elvin Bishop. And then East West. On East West, the order of solos is Elvin Bishop, Paul Butterfield, and Mike Bloomfield. Elvin, uh, Paul Butterfield was a harmonica player. How good of a harmonica player was he? He was the leader of the band, and he was one of the people who was able to uh, take the baton, take the harmonica, if you will, from uh, people like uh, Slim Harpo uh, and uh, uh, Lil Walter, you know, and continue the great tradition of that rare but important musician that plays the harmonica as a lead instrument. Later on, people like Mickey Ralphs, uh, who toured with uh, Willie Nelson and played on so many of his records. Um, just real quick off the back of the album. 
Okay, uh, we, don't, we don't want any liner notes. We'll do our own notes. Hey, they said, they being the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, the Marat Sad of Blues. The Marat Sad of Blues. I know from some of you, I'll explain to you what Marat Sad was. Now all draped in, on or over, and around navy blue canvas chairs and electric engineering, renamed Pioneering, A, Studio A, doing a sound mix for this album. We got to do our own notes, maybe with a flashlight, a little Tom Wolf blips, you know? Nah, pop art pictures of Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms, and three Bs. We got the three Bs, too, and the three Bs of the blues. Butterfield, Bloomfield, and Bishop. Just printer names and pictures, that's all. We, we'd like to see our names. So you realize who these guys were? They're referencing the play Marat Saad, okay? They're talking about Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms, and they're a bunch of white kids, primarily from the East Coast and the Midwest, playing black music, although Jerome Arnold in the band and Billy Davenport were, uh, were black, so it was a hybrid band, which also was rare in the mid-60s. Playing just kick-ass blues. So I'm going to go out on a uh, limb here and say that you've got a, um, uh, you've got a, uh, a little bit longer attention span than the normal podcast listener. And what I'm going to recommend from the album East West by the Paul Butterfield Blues Band is the 13-minute and 10-second song that ends side two called East West because the solos on it are just motherfuckers. The solos on it are just exemplary. And you got to remember, man, this is mid-60s stuff. Mid-60s stuff. When we were not too far from how much is that doggy in the window. These guys were laying down something that became the foundation for thousands of bands that followed them. If Butterfield Blues Band hadn't brought this music to uh, white college kids, kids hanging out in coffee houses, stuff like that, music would have progressed. A weird band in... um, you know what? Not weird. Here was the problem with the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. You want me to tell you what the problem was? The problem with so many great artists and musicians of that time and now, uh, with them specifically, heroin. Uh, Paul Butterfield was a heroin addict. Mike Bloomfield was a heroin addict. I can't speak for the rest of them. Uh, both of them succumbing uh, eventually to that terrible addiction. And heroin addicts are hard to work with. Um, but they were on the cutting edge of so many things. They were at New, the Newport Folk Festival at one time, I believe. They were at the Monterey International Pop Festival. They were at Woodstock and got cut out of the movie. And I remember watching the guy who made the movie going, well, like we didn't put Paul, Paul Butterfield Blues Band in because it seemed like the past. I mean, we'd already heard that. But, um, but um, in a way, it seemed more like some sort of resentment, some sort of grudge that Paul Butterfield Blues Band was at Woodstock, but then not included in the movie. But I think on some of the subsequent albums after the first triple album. Uh, had a hard time getting a band together, of course. You know, Bloomfield going off and doing his thing. Bishop going off and doing his thing. Uh, series of Sidemen had a hard time keeping it together. Uh, and eventually, so many people who they had inspired were doing what they did that um, Paul Butterfield has disappeared into obscurity. But if you like the blues, if you like good music, if you like, if you like music that would, seems like when they were playing the music, they were actually standing over the machine. Because you know how albums are made. They're cutting grooves in plastic, cutting grooves in vinyl. That's what they're doing. And if you want to hear music that sounds like as it was being played and going through the wire, going from the strings of the guitar 
into the wires in the amplifier all the way into the machine that was cutting the grooves. If you want to listen to music that sounds like they were standing over the machine as the grooves were being cut, sweating and crying, and that liquid from their soul was falling directly onto the machine so that it came down into the cut, then you want to listen to the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. And they had a lot of goddamn fun, too. So you're going to want to listen to East West from the Paul Butterfield album East West on Elektra Records. Uh, Michael Bullwinkle says his favorite Rush song is uh, Necromancer and Pink Floyd is Dogs. I'm all about long tunes. Well, I got one for you there with Butterfield's East West. All right, I'm going to wrap up for the day, man. Primarily, we were heavy on the music today, which I like, which I love, which I hope you love too. Listen to these songs, man. Go back and listen to Little Richard. And then uh, discover the Butterfield Blues Band. And you'll be glad you did. And you'll have a better day, no matter what on TV they do or say. All right, my name's Tony Vizic. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.